6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Right now, I want to get to this because, you know, we've been talking about it. It was what was making news when everyone woke up this morning because, really, it happened in the middle of the night. So that simmering internal discontent within Premier Jason Kenney's uh, caucus continues to heat up. As I mentioned, it was in the middle of the night in a Facebook post that senior backbench member Todd Lowen, who represents Central Peace Notley and who is also the UCP caucus chair, called on the Premier to resign, saying he no longer has confidence in his leadership. Mr. Lowen joined Shea Ganim this morning. Well, I just wanted to, I needed to get the message out of, of what's happening. I, I obviously sent uh, the Premier an email, and I sent uh, all my caucus colleagues an email too. And then I thought it was uh, best that I inform the, you know, the people that I represent, my constituents. And uh, I'm just doing my best to represent my constituents. So those are the people that elected me, and uh, those are the ones I advocate on behalf of. And, and I want to advocate for the best government we can have. So in the letter, Lowen accuses Kenny and his government of weak dealings with Ottawa, ignoring caucus members, delivering contradictory messages, and botching critical issues like negotiations with doctors in this province and the controversy over coal mining on the slopes of the Rockies. Now, the letter didn't mention COVID, and I think it's important to note that Lowen was one of the 18 UCP backbench members to break with Kenny's government in early April over health care restrictions aimed at reducing the spread of COVID-19. You remember that letter that they put out and uh, and those MLA said that the rules were needlessly restrictive and infringe on personal freedoms. So uh, Shea asked Mr. Lowen this morning uh, about what happens next and he says, well, simple, a decision on the leadership of the party has to be dealt with very soon. Well, I think there, there has to be a decision on leadership uh, in the party. I think that's uh, paramount. Uh, that's something I hear loud and clear from across Alberta, and then particularly in my constituency. And uh, that's something that has to be uh, taken care of. I think we need uh, that. That needs to be put to bed as soon as possible. Um, and again, Shay, this this is something. This this isn't something new. This is something that's been going on for a while. As as far as this uh, this lack of confidence in the leader and the lack of trust in the leader. And so we need to get that taken care of. And and again, it isn't the MLA speaking out that have caused this. The, the MLA speaking out is a that's a symptom of, of an inner disease. That's and so that's that's why MLAs are speaking out is because there's there's problems already there and there's there's you know, we're losing good people in the party that people are losing board members on in their constituency associations. We we can't continue to lose good people from this party and expect this party to to survive, and, and and that's why that's why MLAs are speaking out is because they want to represent their constituencies and they don't want this party to fall apart. They want to keep this party together, but as it is right now, we keep losing really really good people. So Chadville, I want to hear your thoughts on what you've been listening to today, the comments from Mr. Lowen, uh, and from the commentary that you've heard throughout the day on the show. Well, we know that Premier Kenny has tolerated the open dissension for weeks now, and he has said straight out, you've heard the comments on this show, saying that he believes in free speech and that the backbenchers are not in cabinet and therefore don't speak for the United Conservative government. Now, Elise Mills is a conservative strategist and senior associate with crisis management and communications with Sussex Strategy Group. Elise, it's nice to have you back on the show. Well, thanks for inviting me back. 
All right. Crisis management seems <laughs> seems to be exactly where the UCP is right now, Elise. Uh, your thoughts on what you've been uh, seeing over the past weeks and, and what you maybe read and, and heard about today about uh, uh, Todd Lowen calling on the Premier to step down. Well, being a Western Conservative and having worked for Premiers like Brad Wall and Gordon Campbell, I have seen this before. But what makes this different? And I've seen uh, an MLA come up and spit in one of my Premier's faces. It was Spittlegate, known in British Columbia. (laughs) And I'll tell you, history does not smile on these individuals. And I think what adds a a certain complication to this is the pandemic in itself. Uh And I recognize there is a high level of frustration. It's from all across Western Canada. um, And I understand the arguments about small business and the economic issues. Uh, But when, you know, when I look at the actual paperwork that Premier Kenny and his government have papered, they, and particularly in the budget in February, they've used the pandemic as an opportunity to modernize a lot of Alberta services that I felt were pretty antiquated. I mean, it used to be Saskatchewan before Brad Wall that we'd all sort of laugh and go, how many crown corporations can you have? And how many bureaucrats can you have? Uh, But it's actually Alberta now, and I was impressed by that. But I I was surprised by the tactic today, and I was wondering as Mr. Lowen was going through that he was still a supportive uh, believer in the UCP platform and that he doesn't want to see the re-election of the NDP, it seemed very counterintuitive or... And, and this will be a compliment to him, very na- naive. And because, like I said, as I started, Jalen, this doesn't go well. Um, both sides have a fair bit of collateral damage at, in the end of all of this, but it's normally the, the one that steps out first that, that ends up under the bus. You know, there was um, uh, one other UCP MLA, Dave Hansen of mm-hmm. Bonneville area, that stepped in and didn't call for resignation, but said he applauded his courage, saying he's hearing the same thing from our supporters in, in the area. And, I, and I'm wondering if this, uh, again, is, is turning into an urban-rural divide challenge for the premier in this province right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously being a neighbor of Alberta and, as you know, Jalen, I used to spend a significant amount of time in Alberta before the pandemic struck. And I know the the tight relationship our two provinces have and historically. And, uh, you know, we have free movement of labor and trade. We're two provinces that do exceptionally well in this confederation, which is a I think, a broken confederation. And what I would say to rural British Columbians and Albertans, because that that, that issue that's happening in Alberta is happening in British Columbia, okay. the case counts it for us there have been traditionally low, but until the Alberta travel started. And today's notice uh, from the Canadian Disease uh, Centre for Disease Control pointed out that the issue that's happening in Alberta right now or the emergency around COVID is so bad that they are speculating that BC's numbers will increase in those areas like Golden and Cranbrook uh, because of the travel from Alberta. And it's not to say we don't want to see you, but I would remind those 16 or 17 MLAs that have been vocal, including Mr. Lowen, that you're not just Albertans 
your Canadians. And if you want your small business to come back and you want economic uh, success, as we all do, we, we have to go the distance. I think, though, where Alberta and Premier Kenny did make a mistake is they were not consistent right from the beginning. And there was lots of inconsistent messaging, I think, if, and I would say this to every Premier in this, in this country and especially the Prime Minister, you should have been tougher. You should have done the hard work like the Fraser Institute and other conservative institutions and pundits like myself had said, because now look what's happening. You're fracturing this, this country. Elise, isn't it interesting, though, that in this letter from Mr. Lowen, it doesn't bring up COVID. It doesn't talk no. about COVID. It, it talks about everything else. It talks about weak dealings with Ottawa, about ignoring caucus members, about the contradictory messaging. And yes, we've talked about that a lot, about, you know, some of the critical issues, negotiations with doctors and what a gong show that was uh, out here, but not specifically talking about COVID at all. And, 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 I, and I'm wondering why that might be. Well, I think it puts Mr. Lowen in a pretty awkward position because once you you begin to see what Premier Kenny's finally been doing the last four to five weeks, which is heavy-duty promotion on his social media about the importance of vaccinations, he even um, spotlights people that have survived from COVID. That's a 100% difference, a 180 from where he was, uh, you know, up until very, very recently. And I think that if Mr. Lowen brings it up, it will remind people that he did not want any restrictions and that he had been part of these freedom rallies and these anti-mask masker organizations. And I understand you're in a riding that you may not think can possibly affect people in Calgary or British Columbia or elsewhere, but I, I think it would put on the, for him in the spotlight of asking him, when does health and public health out of, in a crisis uh, trump everything else? And that would be another question I would ask him. I think a lot of conservatives in Alberta should be asking this. You're in the middle of, yeah, sorry. You're, no. you're in one of you're in the worst part of Canada and North America right now. You need to do something to turn this around. When does your interest as a as a caucus chair become more important than the discussion of public health? Elise Mills joining us this afternoon. Some great points there, Elise. I guess you know I need need to ask, how does the premier handle this right now? Does he just keep moving along? When we're hearing more and more of, you know, you know, rumblings about what is going on, um, how long can he ignore that for? Well, there's a process that happens, and I can only speak to my experience, like Spittlegate in BC, which uh, if you Google it, it's it's pretty funny to watch. wasn't funny then, and definitely during COVID times, it makes you cringe. But I would say what you have to do is the the, the Premier's office will, be, ha, will have already gone through today many, many different huddles. They're going to be shoring up the support with the other 16 MLAs that, have, um, that came out and signed that open letter um, asking him for, you know, to be held accountable. And and I think at, at, at a certain point, um, these conversations will go on for the next 48 hours. I don't see Premier Kenny going anywhere. Um, I think he's going to, to manage this as other premiers have in the past. But I do think Premier Kenny's got a few um, aces up his sleeve. Number one, I would ask UPC members and, the, and Rachel Notley specifically as well, 
what do you think you could have achieved from Ottawa? Because it's not Premier Kenny. He's, he's hustled, he's worked hard, he's put secretariats together, he's demanded that fairness and equalization for Alberta in a way that I've never seen, apart from maybe Brian Tobin during the 90s, uh, during the fishing wars. I've not yeah. seen a Premier work so hard for a Canadian province. So what is it that these people think they could have done? Why do they think they're so special? And I would ask them just to tweet me, call me, let me know, because I'd love to know what the secret sauce would be there. The problem we have in this country, and Premier Kenny will say this to you, is confederation. And I'm not suggesting we have a Wexit or anything like that, but we need to renegotiate all the Western provinces do. So I think he's, he's got that to stand on, too. And I think, like I said, the paperwork. I will say, though, he needs to correct course on his history around COVID and, the, and take, acknowledge, and take the hit on the up and down and inconsistency on restrictions. Small business owners, not just in Alberta, but definitely in places like BC and Saskatchewan, are uh, gasping for life. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I would say this to Albertans, it's not just you. And so I think Premier Kenny does have a lot that he can dance on. I think he needs to start reverting to the things that matter to not just Albertans, but to Canadians generally every single day of the week. And I think they need to start to look at their external communications, stakeholder relations, and, and compare that to what they're seeing in their own polling. Because if we're seeing polls from March and April that are showing a disconnect and a group of Albertans that are looking for a third party, that is when the danger zone starts to strike. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you about, about that danger zone when we have, you know, more fracturing or potential fracturing happening within the conservative ranks. And you and you look, you know, at, at the party um, yeah. historically over the past, you know, few decades since I've been out here, eventually they seem to implode from inside, whether it was, you know, Premier Klein or Redford or Stelmack. I mean, Prentice lost. Um, but when you look at what's happening, you know, what is it in there that... Um, you know, seems to make them end up eating their own tail. Well, Klein, I, I leave Klein out of that. I, I, no offense, Jalen, I do, because yep. he was he had a successful run, and it, it, it's mm-hmm. quite historical. But with Notley, she, there's a saying in politics, don't build that tent so big it becomes a circus. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what she did. She had federal liberal strategists in there who couldn't win with their own provincial leader. It was I was there from start to finish. It was a, it yeah, was a yeah. mess. Um, stomach, that's all about personality um, and people not wanting um, a, and I, no offense to Mr. Stomach, I think a lot of people in Alberta felt like he was a lesser than carbon copy of clients. And there was a lot they still liked about Klein. And so it, I think each leadership, it's hard to compare. It's sort of like the argument when people say to me, you know, is it Brad Waller, Scott Moe, that, that yeah. was the better premier for, for Saskatchewan? It's apples and oranges. But I would say Kenny has some tremendous, um, just those, that, that political thing that we look for in all leaderships and all MLAs and all MPs. And all he needs to do is recognize that he was not anointed, he was elected. He wasn't, you know, it wasn't his natural place to, to have that job. And I think there was this feeling of coming home, the homecoming of Jason Kenney. And I think media and, and you know, conservative members just sort of didn't didn't quite hold him accountable or didn't ask 
off the premier's office right from the get-go to to treat this like a job he had to work for. And I think there's always surprise when a very popular premier or a popular personality comes in and this quickly and then over a very what I think is a short period of time in politics begins to descend. But I would say that there isn't a province or a, a premier in this province that hasn't taken a beating. And yeah. I would say that the difference here is that it's internal. But what I would say to my fellow conservatives is that we it's taken forever to get us on the right path in Alberta. That that needs to be one clubhouse, not two different addresses. It doesn't work otherwise. And I think if you go to people that I worked with that came over to, when I worked for Mr. Prentice, came over from Wild Rose, um, they they recognized the value of being with a, with a, with a team and a party that was able to speak to high high on high level policy and was able to reach out and have those relationships in other provinces the federal government and again don't buy the hype about uh, you you had a bad negotiator in regards to ottawa i would beg anybody to give me a call tweet me facebook me if you think it's something different because i'll tell you what it's really like it's terrible going out there as a western premier or staffer trying to get them to understand how we live a lot has changed in 25 years since i've been in the business but jay lynn not enough has changed elise always appreciate our conversations we're out of time let's do it again sometime soon thank you so much for having me and just stay safe and my heart's with alberta Thank you. You too. Elise Mills is a conservative strategist, senior associate uh, with crisis management and communications with Sussex Strategy Group. I thought the the comments she made at the very end, uh, you know, when it comes to the premier is that, you know, her, her thoughts that he needs to realize that he was not anointed, he was elected to the job in this job uh, for anybody who, you know, comes in and it's, a, you know, it's really popular or whatever, um, that it is a job they have to continue to work hard hard, hard for it.